Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO Show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and I've got Catherine Clark back with me today. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Kevin. Nice to be back on again. So, Catherine, I think we're going to talk about a something that you're finding as a as a recurring theme in your various mentoring conversations with people yes definitely it's coming up in many conversations um well actually in mentoring and I think in life actually more generally so I thought it was a really good topic today um the area is around having a lack of thinking time so a lack of time to really get into that sort of creative thought process yeah and I suppose that happens really really frequently that a decision has to be made it's not a straightforward decision um but you've got to do something so what do you think that the key issues are in here Catherine yeah I mean the thing is we're working with aspiring CFOs most generally and CFOs so we're working with both groups um and a really key part of the role is to be able to think strategically or think creatively, think out the box, whatever term you'd like to give it. Um, And in a way, prove that you can think and act strategically as a leader. Mm. So many issues arise. So one is people sort of worrying that they can't prove they can do this. And it's sort of like a key trait of of being a leader. Is thinking that way. You've got other people who are struggling, if I'm honest, to balance, you know, the demands of the day to day work with strategic focus. So, again, it's getting that sort of balance right between where you place your time and how you're thinking about those different aspects. Other people are stuck in the weeds. Um, They're just so stuck in the the, the sort of BAU and the, you know, the detail of reporting or year end or or month end. or actually, which has been quite um, a good thing to see recently, you know, many businesses are actually growing quite significantly during this pandemic. Um, yeah. They're stuck in the weeds because of growth, which is a positive thing, but it's just not allowing them to see the bigger picture. But again, I suppose something that talking about the p- pandemic brought along is the need to, to make some very big strategic decisions very, very quickly. It's been something that's common about business over the last year. You know, you, Back this time last year, we had companies trans- literally transforming their business model overnight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, lack of thinking time, which I'm connecting into decision making and the ability to make the right decisions is all coming about, as you say, because, you know, if you're looking at business models are changing, strategies are changing, you know, our, the customer expectations are changing. I mean, change at the moment is the only constant. Yeah. We're in a world of evolution and change. I think we all recognise that. Um, But we have to take employees with us. We've always got to be thinking, what's the next step? What's the next step? Um, You know, in the past, you may have set a vision and, you know, be sort of working towards it. But that vision is potentially ever changing at the moment. Um, Mm. And also reactionary to what's going on in the external environment. Um, So at board level, uh, which is where this really, really matters, um, you know, is the board talking about the right things? Are they really focusing their attention on creating that business successfully or creating the future of that business successfully? 
And I suppose if the board isn't talking about the right things and uh, the CFO is then in a difficult place because he's then drawn away to concentrate on those things the board is looking at. Mm. And that, again, stops him doing some of the necessary strategic thinking. So there's, there's a double challenge there. A, find space to do the right thinking. and B, I suppose, know the tactics that are necessary to bring the board back on course. If you don't mind me saying, Kieran, I'm going to have to say he, she there. (laughs) 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 You are mentioning he too much there, so it's he, she. (laughs) And of course, as we know, all all, all the best CFOs are ladies, aren't they? Well, yes, uh, yes. Let's just keep it uh, neutral. Um, um, but no, I think there's a connection here. I think the connection is that um, <laughs> the CFO has got to get into those meetings um, and help guide the discussions. I mean, they've got access to all the data, all of the financial information that sort of supports the decision making. Um, but this is where, as, as a soft skill, communication is so key. Um, you know, they've got to be in a place to actually communicate that uh, data insight succinctly. Yeah, and that's something else I support a lot of people on. Um, but all of these things are connected when you've either got a high growth environment, lots going on, you know, important decisions to be made, things changing, then communication and how you get into that discussion and how you almost create the debate that therefore leads to decision making is, is key. Yeah. So how, how do you create that debate? Well, you, you've got to, <laughs> we're, back to, we're back to creating that time to think what, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're back actually to that point of, of creating that time. Yeah. So we've, what we've, do we've I need got a circle here. In? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do I need to take into this meeting um, or in this to, into this discussion? Um, and it's helpful. And I think this is what I encourage. It's just very, very helpful if you've had that time beforehand to give it the time it needs to think, what is this information telling me? You know, what next step do we need to take that is gonna make us move forward like positively? Um, You know, what's the next important step? And how do I influence others, um, whether it's within my peers or or the board or even the organization to sort of join on that journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. and I, I, the reason I, and I at this point sort of say, you know, watch habits. Um, I think every single person, whether it's a team or, or individuals, can get into habits of, you know, just doing what you always do. Yeah, and that's very months, true. <laughs> these last few months have shown us we can't do that. Um, we have to think differently. We have to think of different questions, um, not just the same ones we've always answered, but different questions. Um and taking the traits which you know ideally a a sort of finance leader CFO goes in with which is you know having some constructive challenge coming up with those questions to discuss um, and just having that sort of intellectual curiosity to find out more. I guess in terms of, of habit and something that I'm guilty of certainly is that do I feel as though I'm working if I'm not in front of a keyboard? that's that's part of into that task-based mode Mm. and now if i think about it i've got a problem to solve sometimes the best way to go and come up with an answer is stick a dog on the end of a lead and go for a walk and now that the time and the thinking space there is is probably more valuable than it would have been just sitting at a keyboard getting the to-do list finished 
Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's um, it's something I've had to learn over time. And I've always actively taken myself out um, mm. in a day, whether it's to go and get lunch or to have a walk, but to really allow that time. And it, it's <laughs> there's, there's no equation on this, but certainly I found in my own experience, and, and you're saying the same, that if I go out and get some fresh air, sometimes the answers just come to me. Yeah. You know, you can get so bogged down sitting in one place. Not only is it not very healthy, um, if I bring in the whole sort of well-being aspect, um, but it really does get you thinking in a different way. Mm. And something else that's come to mind out of out of what you've been talking about is is visualizing what's going to go on in that board meeting. And I can think of a few occasions where I've needed to put a presentation together on something fairly tricky, and I've actually had myself presenting it in my mind and been thinking around the other people that I know sitting at the table, the personalities involved, the agendas involved, and actually been thinking through the, well, if I say this, where's that person going to come from? And I think finding the space to do that when you've got something tricky to put to the board is very, very important. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, again, I'm only relaying some experiences I hear, but, and it's probably from my own past as well, but you know, those meetings where you sort of turn up at the last minute, you know, you've had a really tight reporting deadline. Um, you've managed to get the board paper done. You might have done that in out of hours effectively, or, you know, you're working, you know, a long time. You're, you turn up to the meeting already exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've had no capacity to think, what, what am I really presenting here? You know, as, as you quite rightly said, you know, what perspectives could other people have? Am I bringing the right data in for the right questions, for the right decisions? Um, have I really thought about, you know, whether it's the three or five most important things I want to share? Yeah, absolutely. It, you can get so caught up in the detail. It, as I say, it's almost impossible at some times to see to get that perspective to allow you to really take yourself into a meeting and contribute effectively. Yeah. And there's an, again, the element of routine as you go into the meeting, there's, there's some pressure on the CFO then to, to have a regular slot in the agenda that the same things will be talked about each month. Mm. What, what's the profit? What's the cash flow? What's the forecast? And that slot can be eaten up fairly quickly, mm. particularly if the slot before you went a little bit over. You're squeezed suddenly into five minutes to give you a 15-minute message. Mm. Not an easy position to be in. And you're you're probably preparing it all at the last minute. So, mm. yeah. But one of your own resources is is sort of self-belief and, and confidence, which I think, you know, from previous podcasts we've done is an area I work on a lot with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of your resources because you have got to acknowledge yourself when you're taking something important in. Yeah. And therefore you can't, although it does happen, you almost can't allow it to happen. That sort of, you know, you have a, a certain slot that gets shrunk down to the last thing on the agenda. Um you have to be confident enough to know when something needs to move up the agenda and be a higher priority. Yeah. Or even replace your regular 10 minutes on the, the monthly PL account. You just forget that and go and talk about what you think is really important. 
Yeah, and, and that's where this sort of strategic thinking comes in. I mean, it's got to be connected with what the company is trying to achieve. Mm. Everything finance takes in, you know, has, has got to be connected. It has to have that very strong commercial element to it. Um, and, you know, I've seen, I've, I've worked with clients where, you know, their fellow board colleagues are just not actually not seeing what they're seeing financially. Yeah. And so that, that you know, that ironically, because I know many finance people don't almost feel as if they know as much sometimes as their peers on the board. Um, if it's an industry sector, they're not, you know, overly familiar with. Um, but the data can speak volumes at times and can really direct where action should be taken. And I suppose a technique in there, Catherine, is not necessarily pretend that you know the ins and outs of the industry, but you do see the data it is telling you something maybe the be the best way sometimes is to display the data and then frame a question to the rest of the board yeah exa exactly i mean i think that's what's encouraged but yeah i think this is what we're saying here you've got to be thinking what am i really trying to generate a debate on here um yeah. now i'm not saying the boardroom's always the place to do that i mean it could be a step in advance of the board um it could be with your management colleagues at exec level um and then you know you might engage with say non-execs ahead of the board meeting we don't want any surprises in the board meeting <laughs> um, we don't want to generate a whole new debate but but yeah. it's healthy to have different views and opinions in a discussion and that, that is something definitely worth worth airing and to what extent do you think the business that's done at the board meeting should be done before the board meeting that no surprises idea well, I mean, in reality, I think most of it is. In reality, um, mm. there has been some alignment of views ahead of time. Um, I think that's fair. I mean, I think you've got to communicate in advance, particularly if there's anything contentious coming forward. Yeah. Um, but certainly in my time on the board, I think I did encourage, you know, also discussion in that forum when we're all together mm. in, in that forum. Um, so for, for me, I, I suppose it would be... A heads up with the CEO if there's something on something you won't really want to get the board thinking about. Um, definitely, yes. I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's an absolute definite. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't a CFO go in on a limb. Let's say um, I would. I would strongly, strongly recommend having <laughs> had a discussion with at least the CEO in advance, um, yeah. if not other sort of stakeholders. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I, I just think at the moment you cannot. There's so much value at the at the moment more than ever actually. I think in really making smart decisions. Yeah. And rational decisions, and I want to go into a different part when we talk a little bit later around rational decision making. Um, but it's critical at times of change, and you know there's a lot of value attached to making more of the right decisions. Yes. Yeah. Um, and to achieve that, you need, coming back to our sort of thinking time, you need clarity of thinking. Mm. You need to ensure everyone is in a place where they can give their perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not come from a emotionally reactive place, but a, a very rational place. Yeah. But I just cycle back to something you mentioned right at the beginning, Catherine. We, we talked about why people might have problems with strategic thinking. And one was... Ooh, I'm not sure that I am a strategic thinker. How do I know that I can demonstrate that at board level? Um, 
it feels that there's that there's there's that could be a problem, or it could be simply the opposite end. I need to do some strategic thinking, but I haven't got time to do it. I haven't got space to do it. Feels like there's two separate problems here. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, I mean, the word strategic thinking is is sort of thrown around a lot. It's almost like the thing you've got to be able to do. Um, it's not that more. It's not much more complex than you know. What's that forward point? Well, you know, what what collectively is the organisation trying to achieve, or what are the people within it trying to achieve? Um, so there should always be some kind of vision in place, or strategy document that at least tries to in, in a narrative form describe where the organization is heading mm. um so that that's either in place or you create it together and yeah. then finance would have an arm off that so your finance strategy should then align to the to the mm. company strategy and vision yeah. um but you know that that is um different traits i mean that's almost just showing a, a sort of curiosity um you know really understanding the market the customers what's changing um yeah what what someone wants to achieve i mean it can be very big or it can be very small in reality because you can apply the concept of strategic thinking to yourself as an individual or to the organization but it's sort of the the gap between where you are now and where you want to be indeed yeah but i i guess the problem is that the the accountant is coming out of a back a background of constantly looking backwards you you're sitting there in the boardroom you've you're you're used to saying what was the result last month what was the result last year have we published last year's accounts have we got things the audit signed off for last year that the finance function traditionally has always been driving the car through the rear view mirror not using the sat nav to say where are we going Yeah, well, I, I think that's been changing. I mean, a lot, actually. I mean, yes, yes, there is a lot of backward looking, but I would say, wow, I mean, it's at least equal, if not more shifted now to future. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of that report, a lot in an ideal world, and I am slightly talking ideal world, a lot of that reporting should be automated. Yeah. So, you know, that that's another uh, enabler here is is really making sure the reporting is automated to a point where, your time is much more focused on on the future look um you know all the scenario planning all, all the sort of different forecasts that you can put in place i mean there's got to be a lot of that effort now put into the sort of current into future look um the what if scenarios the <laughs> um, i mean who knows what's coming next but i mean you know you can't always predict those accurately but it, yeah that's yeah. that's got to be more of the focus now. Mm. And we're recording this on uh, May the 17th, which is a very big date in the UK of the economy opening up. And if we went back just over 12 months, uh, maybe maybe February, March last year, when things were start, we were starting to think about lockdowns and things changing. Would anybody sensibly have looked forward and predicted where we were going to be today? And it was going to be a whole year. So. Now, things are changing all the time and I think you're looking forward but that that ability to be agile is is something that's that's the real challenge right now to to be continually adapting continually thinking things through yeah I mean definitely I mean I you know I'm a strong believer in life in general to sort of stay very present um 
I mean, financially, you've got to look forward, um, particularly as a CFO. But, you know, on a personal level, I think staying present and in the moment is very important. Yeah. And that is connected to decision making and, and that sort of thing, because that's when you're not in a form of anxiety about the future. You know, we've got to get the balance right. You've almost got to be in a place where you're calm and in control now. Mm-hmm. And not anxious about the future and enabling there for you to at least try and see the breadth of options mm. that are so ahead. I pick up there on calm and in control now of the present. Now, we're, we're in a situation where the CFO is busy. Mm-hmm. The CFO is always busy. The CFO has always got way more things than he or she can do. How do you get into that position of getting rid of the stress? being present and being in the situ- in mm. the in the right place to make those rational decisions yeah well, i could talk about this for hours so i'll try and keep it succinct but um, <laughs> the real you know real sort of area for me i think the reason I, it's such a passion for me this sort of area is because um for, for me a lot of leadership is around you know being a sustainable leader um yeah. And, and I think we all know there's, there's graphs to show it. You know, some pressure is actually good for us and our performance, without a Absolutely. doubt. We need some pressure to focus our minds, motivate us to take action. So that's yeah, okay. I don't have a deadline. I don't do stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of evidence out there showing if we have too much pressure, we put too many hours of work in. Um, after that peak, our performance starts to decline quite rapidly. Um, Mm. And at that point, you are impairing attention, you're impairing your decision making and you're impairing your ability to multitask. Um, So there's there's got to be a very strong self-awareness to start with as to where your optimum performance is and to really, really start acknowledging if that curve goes over the edge. Because what we don't want is people heading mm-hmm. towards burnout. Because um, the last thing you want, I think, in, in any at any point in time, but certainly in this sort of crisis situation, is your CFO or head of finance going off sick in some way because they've burnt out. Absolutely. So I think it's as much a responsibility on the individual as it is the organisation to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and my experience, one of the problems there, Catherine, is recognising it before it's too late. Yes, and often yeah. the last person to recognize it is the person that's suffering from it. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I'm talking about this in this podcast, because everything's connected in my opinion in this way. So if we, um, and just very briefly, I think everyone has their own stress container. Um, it's a concept that comes through from sort of mental health uh, first aid training, but you know, you, you, you have to know where someone is in the first place to know what can affect them more. Yeah, you could have stresses not just in work, but in life in general. So depending on where you are in your own container and what you're doing to release that stress determines how much more you can take on. So that's always a tip I give people, whether it's for themselves or for their teams, is to think, where is everyone individually at already? And what more can they take on before it becomes too much? The the interesting bit there, if if, if you're looking at that stress container, that's about life in the whole yes and i guess where things can go wrong is that somebody yeah they're busy at work but they're not any busier than maybe they were six months ago mm-hmm. and you ask something else of them yeah but, that's it yeah but whether you can ask something else of them and that be successful will depend on 
a lot of stuff that you've got no visibility of that's going on at home, personal life, whatever. Yeah. And also, in fact, one of the biggest um, uh, causes of workplace stress, stress is lack of recognition. Yeah. So, um, you know, even making sure you're taking time to say thank you to your team or ensuring, if anything, you're thanked from your own sort of uh, peers or, or management, then that's also extremely important to how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the reason this is also important, it's connected to the sort of thinking time or strategic thinking, is that when we are stressed, um, and, and that definition might be different to each person, you know, you might sort of think, you know, what, what is that to me? You've really got to think, what is that to, to me? Um, but it narrows our focus. Um, so we go very much into a fight or flight mode. And um, our nervous system is impacted. And therefore, we just we end up with a very narrow focus and perspective. Mm. Because back <laughs> back when um, we were sort of um, like hunter gatherers more. Um, yeah, that fight or flight was very helpful then if you had to run away from from something that was dangerous. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that doesn't actually exist anymore. Um, yeah, but has but your brain still wanted to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and in that state, not only do we narrow our focus when we've just been talking about trying to increase our perspective, you know, increase the breadth of options, um, just think wider more generally, we actually forget our resources at that point. So we forget our resources, we forget our experience, we may forget who's around, who can support us. Um, and in fact, we even narrow our focus to the point where we can't see opportunity and possibility. Yep. So you can sort of imagine that the detrimental impact that has on, on decision-making in an organisation. Um, and, and, and not only that, from a health perspective, it really suppresses our immune function, which clearly mm. at the moment is extremely important. Um, so we really don't want to be in that place of, of, of stress. Quite. When Absolutely. we're thinking about, you know, thinking time. Um, so... You know, given it affects decisions, I mean, I'm, I'm going to like simplify it here because, you know, I could do a whole session on this. But, you know, we've got to ensure people have their own time to make sure they are getting enough physical exercise or movement of some kind. Um, yeah. Whatever that works for them. I'm not going to sit here and dictate what that should be, but whatever works for someone, um, you know, enough sleep and enough downtime you know, breathers and restorers, um, you know, it could be taking a few deep breaths in the day and making sure you're staying calm. Um, but you really want to be in the alpha brain state as much as you can, mm-hmm. where you can actually absorb new information and, and contribute effectively and widely. Um, and a healthy diet as well. Um, you know, food and nutrition does play a part in our energy levels um, and making sure you're hydrated and all of that kind of thing. Um, but in, in that slightly calmer state where you can activate the parasymp- parasympathetic nervous system, um, not only does our body calm down and it, and it sort of serves us better more generally um, and is a lot healthier, um, you actually start to see what resources you have available to yeah. help. Now, if you're in a place of stress and you don't believe you have the resources, things become a threat. Yes. Whereas if we turn that around and we are actually in a calmer state, we see things as a challenge, not a threat. And it's in that place where 
you know, something's a challenge. It has more exciting sort of uh, side to it. Um, we come up with innovative ideas, solutions, perspective, um, hence the thinking time link. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that whole area of stress, Catherine, I'm, I'm sure we could, we could spend an entire podcast talking about stress. Well, I do have whole workshops on these sort of areas. Yes, uh, that, that's yeah. true. But, um... And I guess the thing is recognizing in yourself where you're at. Where are you at on that kind of one to 10 scale in terms of being stressed? If you're at a six or a seven, well, probably that's useful. It's enough stress to make sure you're doing a good job. If you're going up to eight or nine, well, you've got to kind of recognize it before you get there and step away from it. And I guess that's the, the absolute hardest thing in here is recognizing just where it starts to tip and being able to pull back. It is. I mean, there is a self-awareness there, but there's also, I mean, I think this is where mentoring more generally supports because we can't always see what we should see. Yeah. That's the truth of it. I mean, best will in the world, we should be self-aware. Um, but you imagine a scenario where you're working, I, I don't know, I'm, you know, maybe 60 hour weeks, maybe more, who knows? Um, you sometimes just can't see things clearly. Right. Yeah. So you can't even understand why you can't think clearly or why things feel overwhelming. Um, it almost takes someone else to see that on your behalf as well mm -hmm. and help you work through that and come out the other side. Yeah. But you can imagine stress almost creates stress because if you don't allow that time to really calm, you know, create that sort of degree of calm in your life and balance, you can't show up as a leader in the way that actually others need you to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course you go into a meeting, you've rushed into the meeting, you've just finished the work. You think, oh my goodness, you know, I, I really don't know what I'm saying here. Um, you, you're not succinct in the communication. <laughs> there's, a, there's obviously a complete irony then that then people don't, or your colleagues don't see what you have to offer so much. You don't feel as if you're, you know, stepping up as much as you'd like to, and it just creates more stress back again. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm probably personally one of the world's worst at, at deciding to wing it. And that's, in a way, it's, it's the right thing to do because I think there is an element that you can over-prepare for things. But at the same time, I think there's, there's something about a kind of visualising that board meeting. Coming back to something I mentioned before about a presentation, but actually you know, place yourself in there ahead of time. Think about what's going on. Mm. Take some time to look at the overall agenda, not just your slot on it, and think about where you're going to contribute your best insight oh yeah I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more you've you've got to read everything you've you know as, as a board leader you've got to you've, you've got to read everything mm -hmm. you have to be a contributor to all parts um I, yeah. I strongly believe that but I think in visualizing like you're saying you really get to also acknowledge in that thinking process the knowledge skills and, and abilities of that whole team yeah and, you know, how can they work together to make change or to come to the right decisions? Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you mentioned adaptability earlier. It's, it's all about relationship building and all sorts of things like that. So that you've, you're bringing together all of your resources, 
you know, in an individual capacity, but then as a team as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So th there's another aspect to this, Catherine, that you as, you as the CFO, fine, you're, you're going into the meeting in relatively the right place, but there could be somebody else on that team that's a key part of the decision you need to make that absolutely is not in the right place. Um, any thoughts on dealing with that? Because that could be just as likely a situation. Yeah, so actually you have to go in expecting that everyone is actually going to come from their own emotional place. So yeah. if, if people are not self-aware enough, um, then the natural place to come from is your own, effectively your own belief system yeah. and your own emotional place. Um, so in a way, it's good to expect that and then deal with accordingly. So if someone does react from that place and isn't in so much of a rational thinking space, um, you have to give them the time and you have to listen. Mm -hmm. So listening is, is one of the skills I, I, I can't, you know, <laughs> recommend highly enough is something that's really <laughs> yeah. listening um, because people have to be heard. So you have to give them the space to listen and then you're the one going in in a calm state and therefore you can react accordingly but coming from a very calm and rational place so this is my view that whether it's a CFO or another C-suite leader it doesn't really matter but someone has got to take that role yeah ideally everyone does but let's be honest that's not it's not going to really happen mostly so you know you know take it as a responsibility to take that role in a meeting to be that person that shows up how you want to show up, calm, in control, rational, clear, um, realizing or maybe even expecting other people not to be in that place. And then almost leading the energy of that room with your own energy. Mm. Because actually that's where a lot of influence comes from. It's our own place of energy. Absolutely. And I think there's something here about leaving deliberately leaving your baggage at the door as you go into that meeting now you're going to give the rest of your board the best hour of yourself and you can't do that taking taking into that board meeting into whatever that strategy meeting whatever it is all of the stuff that's been going on in the office before that meeting you can't take in there the argument you might have had with the bank manager immediately before that meeting or, or things like that. You've got, you've got to go in with a, a calm state, an unstressed state. So you've got to know how to go through those processes of, 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 of debundling, as it were. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's also, yes, definitely. I mean, you, you have to think how you want to show up for every single meeting or every single exchange. Um, it almost has to be a conscious thinking process. I work a lot on this with clients one-to-one. -one. Mm. And how do you really want to show up and how are you going to enable yourself to show up in that way? So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I fully like the term of leaving your baggage at the door, but I get it. Um, mm in that it's about working out, it, it, well, it, it's back to what creates that balance and calmness for you. Yeah. Now, you know, I hear a lot, you know, a lot of people, I'm in back-to-back -back meetings all day, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try and think about why that's the case. You need to be in every meeting. 
can you create at least 10 minutes between meetings to just do something to allow yourself to show up in the next one fully? Yeah. You know, who can you delegate to a meeting in your place and just get a sort of, you know, catch up afterwards? Um, there's a lot around productivity within these discussions, which are also connected. Mm, yeah. I, and I, I think that diary full of meetings, that's, there's, there's a cynic in me that says in certain, in certain industries, I see that happening. And that's uh, how do I make myself look busy for 40 hours in a week? Oh, look, my diary is full of meetings. Therefore, I must be busy. I must be important. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I try and wrap up this because I think if we get to that could be a whole, another whole discussion. Oh, it could very easily. Um, very I think easily. just to, I think just to wrap up on this in connection to that um, is that, you know, productivity or this discussion around thinking time is where is it best used to spend your time? Yes. And particularly as a leader or a CFO, it isn't in doing the doing, as you say, whether it's every hour of every day. Um, mm. You have to create space to think. Yeah. And, and, and think enough, it I, really matters next. I, I read a, I led a module three workshop for our future CFO program a couple of weeks ago, Catherine. And one, one of the topics we actually t touched on there and we were talking about, well, okay, I need to de develop certain things to be ready to move into that CFO role. I need, therefore, to, to take on extra learning. I need to try and put extra experience on my CV. But hang on a minute. One of the things we had to recognize was, well, you've got 168 hours in the week and they're full already. <laughs> Where's the space coming from to do this? And I, I believe that all the time you've got to be thinking about what is it that I currently do that I should not be doing? Yeah, I, I challenge, in fact, I challenge people I work with to find that extra time in the week, whether it's a couple of hours or whether it's more, mm. you know, where are they currently putting attention and effort that's really not necessary? Yeah. You know, what, you know, what meetings can they come away from? All of that sort of thing, really. Start with, hang on, I'm the CFO. What are the things that I'm doing in my day? That actually, I'm doing them probably because I quite like doing them. Yeah. But actually, the CFO shouldn't be doing them. Mm -hmm. well, start thinking about who should you be delegating them to? Yeah. yeah. Also, think about what are you strong at? What are you weak at? Great. Focus on the things you're strong at. If you're weak at them, it doesn't mean you've got to get better at them. It means in my book, you've got to find somebody else to do them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's about what we just talked about resources earlier. It's about making sure you're investing in the right resources to support you. Yeah. Which is largely people, you know, making sure you've got a very strong number two, making sure you've got the right people with the right skills in the team mm. um, that are adaptable to your culture, your environment, the direction of travel, whether it's high growth or more stable or um, and matching personalities and drive in that team to where the organization is heading as well. So I guess in wrapping this up, the big question that we're putting to anybody who's who's listening in is to say, take a serious audit of your time in the last week or so. Did you give yourself the thinking time that you needed to? Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledge where you went into that meeting half prepared, where you didn't think about that decision properly and you're not convinced it was the right one. Mm. And think about what could you have done different. Yeah. 
And you know something, to even do the exercise, take yourself out for a walk. If if there's a walk you can take in nature somewhere, even better. But yeah, that will give you that thinking time to actually find out the answers to that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. These things do not happen sitting at a desk in front of a keyboard. No. No. Technology, from that point of view, can be our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine, that has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really enjoyed that discussion. Thanks, Kevin. Mm-hmm.